Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to The Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, by the way, is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. With our very special guest today out of L.A., it's uh, Alex Ben Block, the award-winning entertainment industry journalist, author, commentator, and talk show host. He's the uh, senior editor at The Hollywood Reporter and a frequent guest here at The Advertising Show. Has some great publications, some great books out as well. And he's just a, a real great guy to go to for uh, information on what's going on out there on the other coast. And, of course, Jeremy Kent with us here, too, momentarily at the Advertising Show. As we get ready for Judgment Day, Brad. Ooh. Judgment Day is coming up May 21st. And, as you might expect, uh, in preparation for that, CBS Outdoor. I'm town. No, yeah, well, don't do that. CBS <laughs> Outdoor and Clear Channel are cashing in on the disturbing and end-of-the-world ad campaign in the uh, Bay State, that is, uh, they say, uh, as dozens of expensive local billboards are plastered with the doom and gloom Judgment Day, May 21st message. Huh. Um, let's see. Is it uh, a movie? No. No, the world is supposed to. Okay. Michael Garcia, who is heading the billboard blitz for Family Radio, which is a California-based Christian network, Hmm. said the ads are emblazoned on 50 Clear Channel properties in the Boston market and on another half-dozen CBS outdoor-owned billboards. I'm so happy that you are announcing something that you really shouldn't be able to announce and have spent so much money with Clear Channel and CBS. Like, yeah, you've really. got to be kidding me. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. So if you're out there and looking at the billboards, Folks, there's the better way, okay? And uh, so much for that. Here's that article, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I know we've got a, a jam-packed day with Alex, so let me get right into this, Ray. Uh, just for our listeners at the AdvertisingShowAudible.com, who is our sponsor, we'll be offering a free audio downbo- uh, download. And I say will be. They're offering it right now, a free audio book download and a free 14-day trial to give our listeners a chance to check out their service. To get your free audiobook download and begin your 14-day trial, simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash adshow, and you can download an, uh, a free audiobook, and you'll see 75,000 titles to choose from, so I'm sure you'll find something there to your liking. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash adshow. Sign up today, and while you're at it, tell a friend about the free 14-day trial. And here's the call to action. Limited time offer. Do this before Judgment Day, May 21st. Thank you very much. Hey, Matt Lauer, we'll probably talk with Alex about this, but I'm happy that Matt has announced that he's staying at the Today Show. You know, they're bringing in Ann Curry uh, Curry, uh, to do the the co-hosting job with with Meredith's uh, uh, leaving. And that's sad that Meredith is leaving, but Anne will do a great job. She's a great person, yeah. too. Well, but the and, fact you know, that today is keeping uh, Matt, uh, I hope they're throwing lots more money his way because he certainly is uh, helping them maintain a, a prominence in the uh, in the uh, industry or in the morning ratings. And how, how she, uh, Anne, has gone about getting uh, that 
dish named after her and all those Chinese restaurants, uh, curried broccoli is just phenomenal. Well, I think she's got a copyright and a patent on it, so that's fine. It's good yeah. for her. Uh, YouTube, uh, looking for uh, Hollywood movies for rental, Brad. Uh, mm. they're, they're, adding, uh, they're adding Hollywood movies, so they're getting into the, what, the Netflix uh, arena, so to speak. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, Google uh, uh, owns YouTube, by the way. So um, there we go, another video online store where you can get Hollywood movies for rent. Interesting, yeah. huh? We'll see. Don't have to go to Redbox or McDonald's or something like that. For stuff. Hey, Jeremy Kent is with us here on the, uh, the advertising show, which is being powered by shipple.com it's s-c-h-i-p-u-l.com and uh many platforms that are incredibly powerful businesses and organizations check it out at shipple.com we've got jeremy then we'll come up with alex ben block here in just a moment on the advertising show stay right here hello and welcome to london for the european news desk this week most britons trust advertising youtube gets a fifth of all social traffic and Budweiser is giving away free beer. 69% of the British public trust advertising, while nearly half have a favourable opinion of the ad industry, according to new research by Comres. Two-thirds of respondents believe the industry was vital to the success of government information campaigns, and most agreed that money should be spent communicating important social issues, such as drink driving. The research was commissioned by Credos, the independently governed think tank set up last year with funding by the Advertising Association. For the past 20 years, Advertising Association surveys have shown a marked decline in favourability towards the industry. In 2009, the industry reached an historic low of just 29%, but according to Credos, the increase in favourability in 2011 followed a change to the phrasing of one of the multiple-choice answers. YouTube was the fastest-growing social network in the UK for April and March, while Facebook lost share again. New figures from digital intelligence service Experian Hipwise showed YouTube increased its UK market share from 19.06% in March to 20.03% in April. That's a big leap from last year when it sat at 16.92%. While Facebook's share of visits to social networks dropped below 55% for the first time, it remains the largest social media site with 53.8% market share. Twitter claimed third place with a slightly improved share of just 2.89%. Now, here's a campaign that sounds too good to be true. Budweiser is offering free pints when the temperature tops 20 degrees C. Budweiser has launched an e-voucher application that offers Irish consumers special deals based on the temperature in their towns and cities. The Bud Ice Cold Index app was developed by DDB and sends users special offers that can be redeemed at 2,500 premises across Ireland. If the temperature rises above 20 degrees C, consumers are offered a free pint. If the temperature only manages to hit 18 or 19 degrees C, Drinkers can claim a voucher for two euros, and just one euro if we get a slightly cooler 16 to 17 degrees. The Budweiser Ice Cold Index will run until the end of August. I love this idea and hope to see it cross the Irish Sea and roll out across the UK. This is Jeremy Kent at the European News Desk for The Advertising Show. Jeremy Kent, thank you for uh, being a part of The Advertising Show. Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth, and uh, a very special guest and a frequent guest here at The Advertising Show. As we've told you, Alex Benblock out of L.A., Alex, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. You know, Alex, maybe the worst kept secret in television, Katie Couric announcing that she'll be leaving CBS a few weeks ago as the news anchor chair. Uh, And they say she's looking at doing a syndicated talk show. What can you tell us about this? Well, I've done a lot of research into this, uh, starting with whether or not there's a place for her to go in the syndicated world. Uh, first of all, she's clearly been fired by CBS from the anchor chair. This is not voluntary. 
the new head of the NBC, uh, CBS News doesn't like her, and her ratings haven't been very good. And uh, it's a tough job anyway. She probably was a, not a very good fit for it. So she wants to do a talk show, syndicated, and make a lot of money. And she said, well, I want it to be newsy. But the problem is syndicated shows need to repeat, so they can't be too newsy. They can be topical, mm -hmm. but they have to be able to repeat. And she said she wanted to be the lead into the local news. Well, Oprah has left, so you'd think there'd be a bunch of spaces, but in fact, pretty much a lot of existing shows have gotten upgrades or local stations have added news, and there isn't really anywhere for her to go. So it's going to be challenging for her to get the time period she wants. Now, she's in uh, intense negotiations at this point with ABC News, and they're talking about launching her in uh, a year from September. And they might, rumors are, they'll cancel General Hospital to make room for her, or that one of the two new shows they're launching this fall may not be around, so she got that hour. And uh, their local stations actually went to news, and they could cancel some of that. So if they want to bad enough, they can make a place for her. Uh, will, she, will it work? Will she be a success in syndicated talk? I think it's probably a better fit for her than being the anchor. But a lot of other people have come and gone, and... Uh, they haven't succeeded. It's a very tough market. Uh, one of the big indications will be this fall, Anderson Cooper launches a talk show. And while he's very different than Katie Couric, he too is trying to do a lifestyle show. And if he succeeds, he'll be, it'll be seen as a news personality succeeding in syndication, and that'll make people want Katie more. If his show is a flop, the road for Katie could get very, very difficult. Alex, what about the uh, what about her replacement? Uh, would you see it seemed like an odd choice to me? Well, you know, uh, he's been an anchor on sixty minutes for uh, I don't know, seven or eight years. Scott Paley. Yeah. Uh, he seems like a nice fella. He's very low key. Doesn't like to do self promotion. Uh, doesn't have much of a brand image. People really don't seem to know who he is or what right. he's about. Unlike, say, Dan Rather, who came to the chair with a very high profile, Katie, who came to the chair with a high profile, or Brian Williams at NBC, or uh, a number of others, he's really coming in kind of under the radar. Do I think he's the right choice? Not so much. Seems like a nice guy, seems like a real journalist, but, you know, that's a newsreader job, and a lot of it is promoting yourself and promoting your show. And I'm not sure that's what this guy's really about. So uh, I wish him good luck, but he, too, has a hard road and it's hard to see how he's going to be anything but third place a year from now, and he, it won't be much different than if Katie had stayed. Hmm. You know, I don't want to stay too long on the subject here, but uh, Katie Couric, but Alex, it seems odd to me that somebody knowledgeable like Katie would make the comment that she wants to do a syndicated talk show and wants to be a local news lead-in. Since when does a, a true syndicated program dictate where it's going to be placed on a local affiliate? Well, you don't on all affiliates, but you can, when you make a deal with someone like ABC that owns a bunch of stations, kind of make an agreement on where the owned and operated stations are going to put her. But that that's kind only of sets a handful the tone of for everybody else. Yeah, but that's only a handful of stations if you're a successful but it, but it, you know, syndicated. But it's New York, L.A., Chicago, mm. uh, Philadelphia. It's the biggest markets. It represents probably up to 30 or 40 percent of the country in terms of viewership. And again, it kind of sends a signal to everybody else, this is where she belongs. Yeah. 
I see. Well, staying with major changes in the TV business, Alex, the Today Show, CBS Morning Show, both have had announcements recently that shuffles uh, talent at the at both programs. Talk about the changes or uh, the chances uh, we can expect to see from the morning news programs from these broadcast networks. I'm actually a big Meredith Vieira fan, even though she's not a great hard news interviewer. She has a wonderful presence, and she's somebody who... On these shows, it's so important to want to spend time with people, and I, I like spending my time with Meredith in that sort of electronic way that we bond with people. Uh, and so I think her leaving does leave a gap. I'm not sure that Ann Curry, who uh, certainly is an accomplished uh, person, has got quite the same charisma as Meredith. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. The good news for the Today Show, which, of course, has been number one in the morning race for a very long time, is it looks like Matt Lauer is going to stay. Yeah, that's good. That's wonderful news for them, huh? Right. And his contract expires in 2012, but he's indicated that he wants to stay on, and they turned down the opportunity to join with Katie Couric in doing a talk show. And so, you know, anything can happen. Things can change in the future. There's certainly a lot of money at stake here. But I think it's good for the Today Show and good for him to have that continuity. The CBS Morning Show is a different uh, beast. They've tried changing anchors. Now they're changing producers. Now they're talking about changing the format to make it more news-oriented. And still it's uh, a poor third after Good Morning America and and today. Uh, And it's going to be very difficult for them to really break through. And I'm not sure being more news-oriented, considering, I don't know about uh, uh, other markets, but in Los Angeles where I live, there's so much news every morning starting at about 4 o'clock in the morning. There's one local newscast after another on every show. The NBC channel here started a statewide, what they call uh, All California News Channel, and one of their digital channels. So it's not like we really are desperately need another news show. To me, what the morning program needs to be is you got to bring in women, because uh, that's the primary audience available at that time, and some men, and you got to tell them things that improve their life, make them feel good, entertain them. And uh, that's what Today and GMA do. And I'm not sure that the CBS show knows where they're headed. So, uh, again, I wish him good luck, but it's a hard road ahead. Yeah, not good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, what, what did they do over there at CBS? They just shifted their weekend crew over to the Monday through Friday uh, position and then got rid of a uh, uh, long-time uh, – who, who's the gentleman there that uh, – Charlie Gibson? Back, uh, no, uh, CBS. The CBS morning show. Oh, with, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they did exactly what you said. They got rid of the people who had been there for years. They brought the morning crew, and that's already several months ago, and it hasn't had much impact that I can see. Uh, well, so, I- if anything, the show feels more lightweight, more unimportant than it did before. Hmm, not good. Yeah, well, one final question from the other side of the uh, camera, shifting to the business side of television for a moment, Alex. I understand the longtime leader at MTV Networks has been replaced, and there's some other things going on over there. Yeah, Judy McGrath, who literally has been around since the, almost the founding of MTV in one capacity or another, has been the CEO since, I think, about 2004, and really is an inspirational figure. She's very creative, very plugged into talent, very much about reinventing the network for each generation, which is what you have to do to succeed. Uh, and she's had a terrific track record. She's been instrumental in the founding of Nickelodeon for children, Comedy Central, both of which are big success stories. And, uh, and certainly some things she's done haven't succeeded. She brought in a lot of the reality programming 
But about a year ago, Sumner Redstone, the uh, what is he now, about 90 years old, the uh, chairman of Viacom, uh, became fascinated by this group of young women called the Electric Barbarellas. And he decided they should have their own reality show on MTV, and he tried to insist that Judy McGrath and the MTV folks accept it. And eventually he got his way, but Judy McGrath clearly was not happy, didn't want the show. And if you've seen uh, the one episode that aired so far, you can understand why. Uh, and so it was Redstone's folly. And uh, apparently what relationship she had with Redstone and with his uh, CEO, who used to be his lawyer and is his uh, executor of his estate, so you can see how close they are. His name is Philippe Dumaine. He also, by the way, is one of the highest-paid CEOs in the United States. Uh, well, Philippe uh, decided to essentially fire Judy McGrath. They were in a contract negotiation. She still had six months left, and she's gone now. And instead of replacing her, uh, all the MTV folks are going to report directly to Philippe Domain. <laughs> so this is a guy who's a lawyer, a businessman, uh, into accounting and numbers, well-known on Wall Street, but not a creative guy, not a guy who's going to follow his gut instinct. And MTV, to me, is not a place where you can always just say, let's do some research and make the decision based on the research. Because a lot of times with a cutting-edge channel, the research isn't what it's about. So uh, we'll see how this works out. I don't think it bodes well for MTV, but, of course, uh, Philippe Domain made uh, $80 million last year, and I didn't. So who am I to tell him? <laughs> Ray and Brad on the Advertising Show. Alex Benblock with us out of Los Angeles, and we'll continue our conversation here in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Back with Alex Ben Block, Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth, always a, a frequent guest and a great guest here at The Advertising Show. Alex, uh, uh, always a pleasure to have you. I had a question here as, as, as well, uh, more of a commentary as it related to the uh, the presidential statement about uh, bin, La- bin Laden's death and uh, the fact that the announcement happened right during the Celebrity Apprentice show. It seemed as if uh, 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 our president was almost playing with, uh, uh, with Mr. Trump. Uh, what'd you, what's your take on that? I'm not sure that uh, the national affairs of such import uh, revolve around the timing on interrupting the apprentice. (laughs) I would give our president more credit than that, and I uh, applaud him for what he did. And I think he's actually, uh, you know, I don't like everything about him, but I think he's a very courageous guy, and I think he's an honorable guy. And I think that, uh, you know, this is a good thing for him from a PR point of view. He clearly has a lot of political troubles. As for Donald Trump, uh, I've interviewed him in the past, and I found him very amusing, and I liked him, and uh, I enjoyed his company. But as a presidential candidate, I think he's a disaster. I think he'd be a disaster for the country as well. But that's my opinion. I'm not in the Tea Party, and I'm not in the far right wing, uh, the people who seem to have uh, tried to embrace him. But his numbers have dropped like a rock lately, so I think his candidacy is turning out to be a big joke anyway. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Barack Obama will be running again I don't think Donald Trump's going to be his opponent. And the real question is, next week, will The Apprentice be on the schedule at NBC again for the coming year? Or uh, is The Apprentice ready to be, as Donald would say, you're You're fired? fired. Right, exactly. Thank you for your take on that. Yeah, and you know, if you're a Democrat and supporter of uh, Obama, you're hoping uh, Trump runs, (laughs) right? Exactly. 
Well, I never uh, hoped that because, uh, you know, it's like that movie, Head of State, where the guy was a joke, but then the guy running against him dropped dead or had a problem or oh, something, yeah, and he ends yeah, up getting elected. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's too dangerous to get your, someone like Trump that close to having their finger on the button. A no, guy who true. is so uh, undiplomatic and uh, scary in his policy ideas. So yeah. uh, I hope the Republicans will find someone sane to run against Obama just in case he wins. Well, good luck. Well, let's shift uh, gears for a moment from the small screen to the big screen. The summer movie season is just around the corner. Lots of potential blockbusters scheduled for release. I'm curious, Alex, uh, can revenue generated from this summer save the movie business in 2011? Uh, I really don't think so. Uh, we're coming off comparisons to last year, which was a phenomenal year. Uh, even though Avatar was actually released the year before, a lot of the revenue fell into last year. Uh, Alice in Wonderland last year was an unbelievable hit. Uh, we haven't really seen too many movies that can match that. Uh, it doesn't mean that the business is in trouble. They're going to have, you know, lots of tickets are going to be sold. Uh, and once again this summer, it's sequels, prequels, remakes, comic book adaptations. What a surprise, just like every summer. And, of course, lots of it will be available in 3D as well as 2D because they get to charge a premium price, and occasionally it even enhances the movie. Uh, so far we've seen Thor released, which did okay, uh, but didn't go over the top. Uh, we have Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides coming up, which, again, should, uh, should be pretty good. Uh, and you got some other interesting, you know, Hangover 2. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, DreamWorks is coming back with Kung Fu Panda, the Kaboom of Doom. Uh, there's a new X-Men movie, X-Men First Class. Fast Five is off to a fast start doing business. Uh, Green Lantern, the comic book movie. Cars 2, which I'm actually looking forward to. John Lasseter, hmm. the, uh, the genius behind the animation at Disney and Pixar. This is his baby, Cars, and I'm sure it's going to be very, very well done. I certainly hope it's not a letdown, because uh, that would be so sad after one, huh? Yeah, and no, I, I think uh, if anybody's going to deliver, it's this guy. Cool. Now, Rise of the Apes, that I'm not so sure about. Our Transformers 3, uh, you know, there's a lot of other stuff. Captain America, Cowboys and Aliens, uh, who knows, but... At least uh, maybe the Smurfs will save us in August. I always liked the Smurfs when my daughter was little. We watched the Smurfs together, the little blue people. So last year we had the blue people of Avatar. This year we'll have the blue people of the Smurfs. I don't think it's going to do quite as well as Avatar, but there's always hope. <laughs> okay. Well, in spite of a less than stellar personal life played out in the media recently, Mel Gibson returns to the silver screen. And in spite of his personal problems, I'm curious, Alex, do you think movie goner? Uh, goers will support uh, his movie this year? Well, if this is an election, I can tell you the results are already in, and he did <laughs> not get elected. <laughs> uh, Mr. Gibson, I'm afraid his uh, anti-Semitism, his violence against women, his crude language, his arrogance, somehow seemed to have caught up with him. Who knew? Uh, but anyway, the beaver opened in limited release, and all indications are not many people really want to see it. It's an odd movie anyway about uh, a guy who is uh, basically mentally ill and uses a puppet to try and speak through. Uh, one of the production companies involved called Participant Media, which invests in socially conscious movies, uh, actually has been trying to use the idea that this is a good movie to, uh, about mental health, uh, and for that reason you should see it, but probably not the best way to sell a movie. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if, uh, even though Jodie Foster directed, it's gotten some decent reviews, I actually haven't seen it yet, but uh, people who've seen it tell me it's a pretty good movie. 
Uh, I think Mel Gibson has shot himself not only in the foot but in the leg, arm, and butt, and that uh, it's going to—he's going to limp along for a while. And I don't know what his future is. I think he probably ought to stick to directing and producing for a while. I'm not sure that uh, anybody really wants to hear from him again right now. Wow. Well, I look forward to seeing it on my next flight. Um, <laughs> right. Locked in that cabin, no choice. Yeah. There it is. Ah, help me. Yeah. It's the beaver. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, I understand there's finally, finally, a new deal that's been struck for the Emmy telecast. Yeah, it sure took long enough. It only happened recently. Uh, and, they're, you know, even though the Emmy show is scheduled for the third week of September, from the point of view of getting a team in place and a producer and uh, putting the show on and so forth, uh, time was kind of running out. And what happened was there was an eight-year deal for the four major networks to carry the Emmy show. The ratings have not been stellar in a lot of those years, and a lot of the networks felt there's just too many categories. It's not the, the right, you know, if you look at the Tonys or the Grammys, what's happened is they've gone to fewer categories and more entertainment, and, uh, and it's a more relaxed show, and it's helped them in the ratings. And uh, the networks would have liked to see the Emmys do that, but for contractual reasons and the relationship with the Writers Guild and the Directors Guild in particular, it was very, very difficult for the TV Academy to do that. And so uh, and eight years ago or nine years ago when they made the first deal, HBO was a bidder big time, and even TNT was ready to be a bidder. So the networks had a lot of incentive to pay more and to make the deal. This time HBO took a pass, TNT wasn't interested, and it kind of came down to... You know, what are we going to do? So they wrote this odd contract that says, well, this September it's going to be the same old show. But after that, we'll discuss it. And it might not be the same old show for years two through eight. But it's not clear what kind of show it'll be, and uh, we'll figure all that out later. So uh, the show will be on Fox. It'll be pretty much what you expect. And you know what the problem with the Emmys is. Uh, you know, every year the Oscars have a bunch of new movies and somebody different wins. The Emmys every year, the same people seem to win, and it gets a little annoying. And uh, it's not quite the same celebrity-level thing. It's not quite as big a global event. Uh, and now also you've got a bunch of other award shows in television that have popped up. The TV Critics Association is doing an award. The uh, Paley Center in New York by next year plans to have their own award. Uh, we're going to have sort of an Emmy walk-up season coming. So, uh, you know, the TV Academy is a great organization. They do a lot of really good things, put on good programs. They help people. They do scholarships. They do outreach. And almost all of their budget is supported by the license fee, which is currently $7.5 million per year uh, for this television show. And so uh, I'd like to see the TV Academy continue to thrive, even though they have a lot of internal bickering that goes on, but that's a nonprofit. Uh, but... You know, the future of the Emmys is going to depend to a large extent on the ratings. If the ratings are pretty good this fall, they probably won't mess with it too much. If the ratings are down, all bets are off, and the Emmys could really change in the coming years. We'll take a break here and continue our conversation with Alex Van Block out of L.A., Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Thanks for listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and out of L.A., a regular guest and a frequent guest here at The Advertising Show for good reason. It's always great. Alex Van Block is an award-winning entertainment industry journalist, author, commentator, and talk show host. Uh, he's also senior editor of The Hollywood Reporter and uh, much, much more as well. So, Alex, welcome back. Thanks uh, for being here. Yeah, Alex, before we talk about the network's plans for their new fall schedule, let's insert a quick comment uh, on the NFL lockout, which seems to be dragging on forever. What do you expect the uh, fallout to be for the networks? 
Well, how stupid can you get? You got nine billion dollars, and you get greedy, and you don't like to share too much. So you lock out the football players, and you can't seem to find a way to come to a meaningful uh, negotiation and agreement. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, an insider I spoke to a few days ago said to me, "Look, it's going to get settled. There's too much money at stake here." Uh, they're going to beat each other up for a while, but there will be a season, and we will see football back on television. But let's take the worst-case scenario and say it's not. It's not just uh, CBS and Fox who have uh, football contracts. It's also NBC. The linchpin of their whole week in the fall is that uh, Sunday night football game. It's ESPN, which uh, runs football. It's the NFL Network. It's uh, local shows and games around it. Uh, work stoppage would really have a huge impact on a lot of these national networks and many regional sports networks and upset a lot of fans. And I think the history is, you know, when you have a strike, it does affect. It takes years before people come back. There's a certain bonding and likability between a fan and the league, and uh, you can offend these people, and there's lots of other things for them to do. And as important as the NFL has become in our society, and for all the reasons you guys and our audience knows, it has, uh, you know, that can change. You can tarnish it. It doesn't have to be as popular as it is, and they don't have to make as much money as they make. So I think they need to be careful. I think the NBA also has another problem. They also face a possible work stoppage. It's bad enough to be a Los Angeles Lakers fan and be in mourning for what happened to them in the playoffs. <laughs> but yeah. uh, now to worry about there not being an NBA season, again, seems pretty silly to me. And could again be very damaging to the league and its long-term relationship with its fans. So uh, I think these sports owners need to figure out a way to make this work and be willing to share and be fair. And everybody needs to come to their senses and let's get back to banging heads on the football field instead of in the boardroom. Yeah, yeah. And as you know, I guess we have uh, the summer. The only the only ones will be hurt uh, if they don't get back this summer will be the local affiliates and the networks still have, I guess, a few months to drag that on, I suppose. But uh, well, yeah, local but affiliates let's talk usually about... buy a package of uh, exhibition games, and then the end of August you basically have uh, the real season starting. So it's going to come around pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, th this year's up fronts, Alex. Uh, how did the networks do, and what are the networks' plans for their new fall lineup? Well, the networks are about to announce their schedule. Shortly after uh, this broadcast airs, within a matter of four or five days, we'll know the entire fall schedule for all of the major networks. Uh, it all happens in what they call the upfronts uh, in New York, beginning uh, literally tomorrow, uh, meaning Monday. And... Uh, at this point, we don't know, and, and I'm not sure even they know every last show that's going to make the schedule. But, uh, you know, it's a year after ABC's Modern Family and Fox's Glee emerged as promising scripted shows, and uh, there's a lot more comedies on the schedule. There's more music making the schedule. Uh, you know, the idea is to keep the young adults tuned in here. Uh, ABC, which uh, hadn't done that much comedy, has ordered 10 half-hour comedy pilots, which is pretty incredible. Uh, they're talking about, and unless Moonves and the folks at CBS are talking about double-digit increases in the amount that they can charge for advertising when they oh, begin I... to sell it, uh, which would be a big jump over recent years and the kind of uh, you know increases they've gotten. Uh, you know, I think uh, ABC didn't have a strong freshman class last year, but did have some success with Secret Millionaire and uh, a show I really like, Body of Proof. I'm hoping that's going to come back. 
you know, they're doing well with Dancing with the Stars and some other stuff, and uh, they could they could be making a comeback. Fox, uh, I'm guessing House is going to return, and uh, X Factor and American Idol. Uh, we know American Idol is strong. X Factor is the new Simon Cowell show. They're uh, expecting a lot from that, even though they've made Paula Abdul one of the judges, which is not uh, great news to me, but we'll see how that <laughs> works out. Um, and, uh, you know, following Glee, uh, probably Raising Hope, uh, some new comedies like Family Album uh, and others will be back. Uh, you know, Fringe is done decently on Fridays, will probably be back. There's a Bones spinoff called The Finder that probably is going to make the schedule. Uh, CBS is a different story because they don't have much room in the schedule. Uh, they are doing pretty well, and so they'll only have a few new shows. The real train wreck is NBC. You got uh, Robert Greenblatt, who's the new head of programming over there. Comcast is the new owner of the network, and I hear Steve Burke is involved in a lot of the decision making. The new, uh, newly appointed head of the NBC Universal Empire. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and get out of fourth place and try and revive that network. And uh, they got a, a tough job ahead of them. Uh, you know, but Alex, it'll be I, if I could ask, uh, staying with NBC for a moment, I know they've got a solid lineup uh, Thursday night with The Office, Parks and Rec, and 30 Rock. And, of course, there's a big question mark now around The Office. Outsourced, I, I don't know how well that program is doing, but there, it does seem that NBC is almost returning to their must-see uh, Thursday night TV lineup. But, sure. of course, on the other hand, a one-night uh, decent showing does not a week make. Well, I think Outsourced has not done too well, and I'd be surprised if it actually makes the schedule again. Uh, you mentioned with The Office, you know, with uh, Steve uh, Carell leaving, uh, we don't know yet exactly who's going to replace him on a permanent basis. Or, You know, that's a pretty tough type of comedy, that sort of tongue-in-cheek, sophisticated comedy they do. You can't just bring anybody in. It's got to be somebody who knows how to pull that stuff off. And uh, they're finishing this season strong, but... It's not clear where they're going. And remember, this past year, the office wasn't even the office. It didn't have as big numbers as it had in previous years. 30 Rock also hasn't performed as well as they'd hoped, although I'm pretty sure that show will be back, and I actually like that show for the most part. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, NBC has a lot of holes to fill. The 10 o'clock dramas that they put in after the disastrous Jay Leno experiment hasn't really worked out very well, most of them. Uh, so they got an awful lot of things to deal with. They've uh, ordered more pilots and uh, more presentations than in many years. So they're spending the money. Uh, and uh, Greenblatt's actually a pretty smart guy. He's the one who turned around Showtime, and he's had a good history as a producer. So I like him, and uh, he has very interesting, eclectic taste. So I think uh, Comcast might just pull this off. And I actually think Comcast is a better owner for the network than GE, because no matter what you say, GE was basically an industrial company that thought they could make a buck in broadcasting. Comcast is a broadcaster, and so hopefully uh, that synergy is going to work for them. Brad? Ray, I'm out of questions. Do you have any? I was going to maybe wrap it up with a question about Netflix. I see there in the news, and I'm curious, are the networks finally going to make nice with Netflix? Well, you know they are. Uh, Netflix is an interesting company. Uh, I only wish I'd bought their stock uh, a couple of years back. <laughs> certainly has done well. Uh, in some ways, Netflix has scared the networks, you know, because it's uh, really become a replacement for pay TV in some ways, uh, and it's also an alternate delivery system for entertainment. And now they've moved very strongly into the streaming video market, which is very hot. 
along with Amazon and some others who are competing in that area of offering people on subscription basis streaming video. But uh, I'll tell you, I've actually been up to Netflix and interviewed them and done profiles on the company, and they are as smart and savvy and good at what they do as anybody I've ever seen, not because they're smarter than everybody, but because they understand you have to reinvent yourself over and over and over again. The chairman of Netflix said to me, look at the list of companies from 100 years ago who were, who were at the top, and look today, none of them are still around. Hmm. And the reason is because you don't reinvent yourself once a generation. You have to reinvent yourself over and over again for every generation. And they've been doing that, and they have an interesting business plan, and uh, I would not underestimate them. They think they're going to be a major force, and they're getting in business with a lot of people and buying a lot of content. And even people like uh, CBS, Les Moonves, who said he'd never deal with them, made a deal with them to give them some of his content. Uh, Jeffrey Bucus at Time Warner said he wouldn't deal with them. Lately, he's been making nice with them. Uh, you know, the wonderful thing about Hollywood is it, it, they used to have a saying in the studios, throw that bum out of here until I need him. <laughs> that's kind of how they're looking at Netflix. You know, we hate you until we love you. Yeah. They're starting to love them a lot more. Okay. And on that note, we say thanks, as always, to Alex Benblock. Alex, a pleasure. Okay, guys, nice talking to you, and uh, be well. You got it. Likewise, Ray Schilling's Brad Forsyth wrapping up yet another great interview and uh, conversation with our good friend Alex Van Blood. Alex, as always, thanks. On The Advertising Show, glad you're listening, and be sure and tell a friend about The Advertising Show. You can go there anytime and check out one of the uh, interviews or more than one that we've done over the past decade at theadvertisingshow.com. There's a lot of uh, great stuff up there. Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Thanks for listening. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications. And it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.